Good morning. <laughs> I was trying not to make somebody jump, but I made them jump. How are you? Good. Good to see you. Welcome again to the discipleship class. This is lesson number two. How many enjoyed last week? It's good. Good stuff. Amen. Well, let's jump right in because this one could take us a little bit longer if we don't. And uh, Father, we just thank you so much. Lord, your word says that we should disciple ourselves after you. And Lord, our job is to go and make disciples. This is a main feature of who we're called to be, and we really can't disciple if we're not one ourselves. And so Lord, we just ask that you would grow us up into who you would want us to be. Lord, we will be obedient to your leading, we will be obedient to your will, and we will walk into everything that you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this lesson uh, today is Salvation by Grace, and uh, it's a really good uh, set here that we're talking about in Luke uh, chapter 18, verse 9 through 14, and it says this, Jesus many times used parables, stories which illustrated spiritual truths. Luke 18, 9 through 14 begins, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Jesus was targeting a certain audience, those who trusted that they were righteous and automatically despised and looked down on everyone else. He told this parable to these people who trusted in things they did. We would call them self-righteous, which is what Jesus was speaking about when he said they looked down on everyone else saying, I'm better than you. In verse 10, Jesus says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. We would say in modern language that they went to the church to pray and one was a Pharisee or a very religious person. The word actually means a separated one, someone who was so religious in a sense they would say, don't defile me, don't get too close to me, you know. I'm not like other men. I'm better than everyone else. The other man mentioned uh, that Jesus mentioned was a publican. Publicans were tax collectors and were known to be very evil, sinful people who cheated and defrauded. They collected taxes by any means they could, stuck a lot of money in their pockets, and gave some of it to the Roman government, so they were not looked upon favorably by their peers. The story continues in verse 11. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not like other men are, extortioners, unjust, uh, adulterers, or even as this publican. I want you to notice that. Who was he praying to? He was actually praying to himself even though he was saying God and using the right words. You notice how it says the Pharisee, this is uh, Luke 18 verse 11 the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself okay it says God was not acknowledging his prayer and we'll see later why that was so notice that he prayed God I thank you I am not like other men this Pharisee this religious man said I am not like other men I am not sinful I am not an extortioner, not unjust, not an adulterer. I'm not like this publican right here who came to pray. You see, he despised and looked down on others because he thought he was better than them. In verse 12, the Pharisee said, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. He was saying, notice what I do. 
Um, do you know what it means to fast? It actually means to go without food. He also gave money to the church. He was one of those people who say, don't bother me, I live a good life, I give to charity, I give money down at the church. This is what this guy was saying. Now, I do, I, I'm going to, it's, it's very difficult for me to just keep reading and not preach. But right here, I want to point out something. Do you notice what he's bringing to the Lord? What is he bringing to the Lord? Look, here's what I did. Here's what I did. And let me just point this out. Never is what you did good enough to get you on the good side of God. That's not an offering that's acceptable. It, by yourself, the only way that what we bring is acceptable is because it's met and brought with the grace and mercy of Christ into uh, God's kingdom, into his throne room. It's his love and his mercy on us that allows us entrance in there. Now, our heart can be right based on what Jesus did, but never without Christ is what we do okay and all right enough. We missed it without Christ. Now, with Christ, what we do, we bring that obedience, and this is our offering. He's trying to bring an offering based off of his works, and it is not accepted. So, then when we come to the tax collector in verse 13, and the publican standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Notice his body language, standing afar off. He didn't even go all the way into the church. He was so ashamed of his life and the things that he had done that he stood afar off and wouldn't even look up, wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven, but smote his breast. When the Bible talks of smiting the breast in the Old Testament, Many times they also tore their garments, which was a way of saying, I'm sorry, God, for what I've done. It was a sign of repentance, a contrite heart, and a broken spirit, which God would not despise. This tax collector, sinful man that he was, cried out to God and prayed, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Verse 14 says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The publican went home justified and declared righteous before God in right standing with God, forgiven by God. Why was he forgiven? Why did he go to his home in right standing before God and not the religious Pharisee? It was because the Pharisee exalted himself saying, I am better than other people. I'm not sinful. I'm not like other men. While the tax collector knew he had no standing with God, nothing could, uh, he could offer him. He was a sinful person. The Bible says Jesus didn't come to save righteous people but sinners and we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. This tax collector humbled himself and found forgiveness and pardon. We're talking about salvation by grace. Grace is a wonderful word, and, and I'm going to give you an accepted definition of what it means, but grace means much more. In the Greek language in which the New Testament was written, grace is the word charis. An accepted definition of grace is this the free, unmerited favor of God towards people who don't deserve it. 
this tax collector didn't deserve anything from God, but he found God's favor because he humbled himself. Now there's another word in the Greek, charisma, which is charis with the suffix ma on the end. It means a specific manifestation or form of God's grace, and this tax collector found justification, right standing before God as a gift. He found the manifestation of God's grace in his life. Romans 5.17 says, They which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. God offers you and me right standing before him as a gift, and according to our passage, the tax collector found that gift of justification, that gift of righteousness that only comes through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John 1.17, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. This grace is only offered to one kind of person, those who humble themselves and know they have no standing before God, who cry for God's mercy. These people will find God's mercy and pardon. Now, one thing that I want to point out here is that in uh, the New Testament, after we have received the new covenant by the blood of Christ, we have a lot of preaching that, that will take this passage and they'll tell people that you need to come in, that you're not worthy, you know. Um, all right, so, yeah, that's where Wayne's world, that's where my head went. We're not worthy, we're not worthy. Uh, y'all watched it too, that's good. So that's where I was at. But And a lot of times that's the way that we will act towards God is we're not worthy, God, we're not worthy. Now, you are worthy through Christ. And you need to understand who you are. But you need to recognize that without Christ, still, even in this era, without Christ, you wouldn't have a chance. And what I love about this publican is, and it's not, you know, it's not that every time we should all come into church like this and be like, you know, slow. We don't have to be that with God. He's a loving Father. But we do need to always carry the attitude of, I couldn't even come to you, God, if it wasn't for your grace. If it wasn't for you. I could not do anything if it wasn't for your grace. And when we bring that offering, now everything is accepted. And see, a lot of times people will come in and they'll, they'll come in with you know, their offering or their praise or their, you know, they've read all their chapters this week and they, you know, they walk in and, and they're bring, that's what they're bringing. And it's not worthy. It's not, it's not going to meet the standards. But when they come in and they do that stuff because they love God and then they come in and they say, hey, here, I'm bringing... Me, I'm bringing, and I'm coming because I couldn't be here without you, but I, I'm, I'm just bringing my heart, I'm bringing a humble heart and a humble spirit, and, and now this is worthy. I could not do this without you. This is what is acceptable by the Lord that says and realizes, look, I just couldn't do it. This is just good to remember. I just can't do it without you. It was all messed up. My life was, it, I wasn't worthy. I wasn't, I wasn't where I needed to be. I can't do it without you. I need you. This is a huge part of our fellowship 
and our relationship. And when we come to God and we receive the salvation that He's given to us, it's all because of Him. It's all because of His love. And it's nothing because of what you really brought to the table by yourself. And so we want to watch even as we walk into the door, you know, whether we're bringing a big offering or a little offering, or whether we're bringing great praise or, or not, or, you know, whatever we think that we can bring to God, without Christ, it's not worthy. And we need to come in to salvation, to every piece of God, with the attitude, I couldn't do this without you. Look, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm just happy to be on, on your train. <laughs> I'm just happy to be at your party, God. Thank you for letting me be here. Thank you for letting me be a part of what you're doing. I know y'all have heard me say this multiple times, and I, you know, it's, it's such an opportunity to serve you, Father. This is an opportunity. And Lord, I just, I just praise you for the opportunity to serve you and, and to work with you and, and to be a part of what you're doing. This is a huge blessing to be in the kingdom of God and part of His family. That's huge. And that's the attitude that will take you to great, great places. Amen? Amen. So here's some questions that we have. Uh, let's, uh, I need some folks to read some verses again. Uh, Luke 18. And I need uh, a person for... 9, 10, 11, and 12. So who would like to read different pieces? And I'll raise hand. Not, who's got verse 9? Bam. Verse 9? Verse 10? Woo! I'm going to point people. <laughs> Sharon, yes. <laughs> verse 11. Yes. Verse 11. Miss Rachel. Luke 18. And verse 12. We'll... Look at it in King James, because that's what I think they, they're reading it out of. Who's got verse 12? 3, 2, 1. Jimmy has got verse 12. All right, good. And then we will also look at Romans 10, 13. Who's got Romans 10, 13? Jeff. And 1 John, verse 8 and 9. First John, Brendan, <laughs> will you read that? First John 8 and 9. Okay, so let's look at this. Number one, let's read uh, who had verse 9. Come on up here. First John 1, verse 8 and 9. Cool. Are you talking about Luke? Yes, this will be uh, Luke 18, 9. There you go. And go ahead and read that. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. All right. There we go. So he spake this parable unto certain which trusted themselves and they were righteous and despised others. Now, here's the question. What is a parable? What's a parable? And a parable is, a biblical parable is a story that illustrates spiritual truth now is it an actual event that actually happened could be but generally it's not generally it's not now this is one of the you remember the story about uh when jesus said 
there once was a rich man and the beggar Lazarus. All right. Now, most of the time it would say this is a parable, but when he said that story, that wasn't a parable. That was something that actually happened. Most scholars believe and agree that that actually happened. This one is, uh, is illustrating a spiritual point. Okay? So, number uh, two is, to whom did Jesus direct this parable? So we can see right here that this parable was directed unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. All right? Number three, people that are self-righteous always reveal an attitude towards others. According to Luke 18.9, what is this attitude? That they despise others or look down on others. This is, this is who he's talking to. And you'll notice here that this is an attitude that goes along with that self-righteousness. They despise others, okay? And they look down on people. Now, I, let me just, I've been this guy. You know, I don't know if y'all have or not, but I've been this guy. Generally, most all of us have in some way, shape, form, or fashion, okay? And so this can be very sneaky, this can be really, really sneaky where all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, turning your nose up to other people and you don't even realize you never say that that's what you were doing and yet that's the way you feel inside your heart. And guess what? You're going to church, you're trying to find grace and guess what you're not finding? Not finding grace. Why? Because we're carrying this attitude in. So you want to really check yourself and, and judge yourself unbiasedly to make sure I'm not carrying that, okay? All right, now let's, uh, who had verse 10? All right, Miss Sharon. So pleased with Miss Sharon. Last week she was like, oh, and then this week she's like, I'll do it. Oh, yes. Amen. Verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, and the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Okay, hold on. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she yes. Went, oh. All right, so two people went to pray. In modern language, where did they go? To the church. To the church, that's right. And uh, who were these people? What were the two people? One was the Pharisees. Tell the mic. Oh. One was the Pharisees <laughs> and one was the tax collector. That's right. The Pharisee and the publican, and the publican was a tax collector. Both of them, uh, one looked like self-righteous, and then the publican was basically... That considered a cheat, right? So that neither one of them did. Thank you. Neither one of them did the public look at and say, "Okay, that's exactly what you know I want to be when I grow up." No, neither one of them said that. All right, verse eleven. Who had verse eleven? Miss Rachel. So the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Okay, so, and just, what was the Pharisee's prayer? He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Yep, and when he was saying other men, one of the things that he was saying is, I thank you, God, that I'm not a sinner. But he was. <laughs> he was sending right then. Oops. All right, verse 12. <laughs> All right, Mr. Jimmy. 
Okay, verse 12. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes for of all that I possess. Okay, so what does fasting mean? It means to do without. Do without, that's right. Uh, particularly most time in the Bible when it talks about fasting, it's talking about not having food. Uh, so it's to go without food. There's actually a couple of fasts that aren't just food, but it, exactly what you said, to do without. So right. uh, what is, number eight question is, what does it mean to give tithes? It means give a tenth of all your, what you make. Of your increase, there you go. Yeah. So it get, to give a tenth of your income. So these are not bad things, but it's bad when you think that that's what makes you holy. <laughs> you don't, those things don't make you holy. Those things are supposed to be given in love. All right. Let's read verse 13. I don't think I asked anybody to read that, did I? 18.13. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Where was the tax collector standing? Afar off. He wasn't, he wasn't even coming close yet. He was standing back, you know. All right. Why? He was ashamed to go into the church or temple because he was such a terrible sinner, so he stayed outside. He was ashamed. He was ashamed of what he had to bring. In other words, he was, I, I would put it this way, in New Testament language, after the New Covenant, we don't have to be ashamed anymore, but we should be humble. Okay, We, we should come with all humility. All right, And then he says, why did the uh, tax collector or hang his head down and not look up. Again, he was humble. He was, he was ashamed of what he had done. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever done something wrong and would not look a person in the face? Yeah, I've, I've done that. You know, it's like you don't even want to look at them. Oh my goodness, I messed up. When we recognize that that's what we brought to the table, it helps us to be humble. But then we need, now listen, this is very important. I'm going to go ahead. We need then at that point by faith, to receive His grace so that we can raise our head in Christ. Okay? In other words, I'm still operating in humility, but by the faith of the grace that Christ brought, I can raise my head and be who God called me to be. That's right. Amen? Amen? What was this tax collector's prayer? You know, the one, the one was, Lord, I've done this. Thank you that I'm not like these other people. What was the publican, the tax collector's prayer? God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Let's read uh, verse 14. Which one of these men was declared righteous before God when he went to his home? Verse 14, I tell you, this man, the publican, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So the key here is humility or pride. We don't want to be exalting on our own. You know? And let me, let me throw this in here. This goes to the church too. Us going, oh, we got the best church in Albemarle. Right? Well, guess what? No grace for you. <laughs> so there you go. We need to bring humility into it. Hey, we might not be 
the best church. Or we might be. But look, we couldn't do anything without Christ. We're just here to serve Him, to love on Him. He calls us His friend, and it's just awesome to be here. We're just happy to be with God. Amen? Alright, last couple of questions here. Luke 18.14 Why was the tax collector declared righteous and not the Pharisee? Because he humbled himself before God. The Pharisee was full of pride. He didn't think he needed a Savior. He thought his works was what brought him the grace. He thought his works was what made him special. Verse 14, did God forgive the tax collector though? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. All right, Romans 10, 13. Let's read that. Who had that? Jeff? Go ahead and read that. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's easy. If you right now got down on your knees and cried out to God from your heart, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Would God treat you the same way he treated the tax collector? Oh yeah, yes he would. He would forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And now let's read uh, 1 John 1, verse 8 and 9. Brandon. <laughs> If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So if we will come humbly and we'll confess our sins, he's faithful. God is faithful. Thank you, sir. He is faithful. And he's not a respecter of persons. He's faithful. So what I'd like for us to do, just as we end this, is let's just, you know, for the sake of symbolism, let's just mimic this publican in this humility right here. And let's just come to God with a humble heart, you know, with a heart that says, look, Lord, I don't even deserve to be here. Because we don't. And, and I'm, I'm going to get down on my knees. You can if you want to or don't. But let's just come to God right now and say, Lord, be merciful on us. Because we need you. We were sinners. And even now that we're born again and we're the righteousness of God in Christ, we still need humility. And we still need everything that you bring to the table. And so, Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just confess everything in front of you. The truth is, we don't deserve to be here. What we deserve, we do not want. And what we, what we deserve, that's what we could bring to the table by ourselves. But Lord, we just ask for your mercy to forgive us as people that would sin, that that have a flesh that's been corrupt as sinners, Lord. We just ask you to be merciful on us. And Lord, we don't stand here wondering if you will have mercy or grace, but we apply faith towards you knowing that you desire to be a loving 
Father. And Lord, right now by faith, in humility, we receive Your mercy and Your grace to strengthen us. We receive forgiveness. Lord, we just ask for Your forgiveness in all humility. We could not do it without You. And we have nothing to bring to the table. We're relying completely on Your love. Knowing that Your love. Knowing that Your love is there. Knowing that You are faithful. And so Lord, we rise up a people new in Christ. New in mercy. New in grace. Strengthen with all Your might as Your children. And we praise You for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the class this morning. We'll have some more next week. will be righteousness by grace.